1: Hey, are the Cleveland Browns for real? Well, there's a lot of noise about this football team. From Baker Mayfield to Odell Beckham Jr., you read about them in GQ, and Sports Illustrated, everybody's picking the Browns to break the longest playoff drought in the NFL. Who has the second longest? Oh, yeah, your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's Bucks versus Browns tonight at Raymond James Stadium in the third preseason game. I'll break it all down for you with my buddy cop, Eduardo Encina, on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Versnick. Hey, if you'd like to sponsor a portion of this podcast, we have lots of new ways you can do that. Our advertisers are having great success, and you will too. Now, here's what you do. For information, just contact us on Twitter at Day TV. You can reach me on Twitter at NFL Stroud, or my email address is rstroud, at tampabay.com. We'd love to have you guys be a part of this podcast. All right, my buddy cop Eduardo Encina joins us now. And, Eduardo, uh, as we go into this third preseason game, which is really the biggest dress rehearsal, I guess you would say, at least for the starters, the most we'll see them, and I don't know how long that will be. We'll talk about that in a minute. The Bucks really have some guys that are nicked up or beat up that we're not going to see. And, you know, wake the neighbors, call the kids, but the, Mike Evans is among them. How concerned should we be about Evans at this point?
0: Well, you know – you know i'm i'm still relatively new at this whole thing rick but you know i was actually on the sideline when when i saw mike uh pull up and practice on sunday and if body language means anything mm-hmm. which it should it it this is significant because you know first it's a leg injury when when it, when it happened you know he just made a really nice catch down the sideline and immediately he just kind of you know held you know the top of his left leg and you know made that gesture that we see guys who get hurt make um and you know, he for the rest of practice that day, he was seemed pretty, you know, upset with the fact that he wasn't uh, that he was feeling some discomfort in that leg. So um, he didn't return to practice. Uh, he's not going to play on Friday against the Cleveland Browns, which, like you said, is 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 the biggest dress rehearsal for these starters. Now, you know, Mike Evans hasn't played much in the first two games. I don't think he hasn't needs caught to, a pass. He hasn't caught a pass. I don't yeah. think he's a guy who necessarily needs those kind of reps. But you know, still you know the fact that now him not playing at all on friday means that his preseason's over yeah. and essentially the the the, the time frame moves towards you know him uh getting ready for to ins- or ensuring that he's ready for that uh that regular season opener against the 49ers on september 8th so um like i said receivers legs i think you always kind of worry about that you know this isn't like a you know a bicep or anything like that you know this this is an important part of what mike evans's game is is his legs so uh, I think it's kind of wait and see. It's interesting that Bruce Arians made it a point that he who – let's, let's face it, Bruce Arians hasn't been pretty very forthcoming with injuries. No. But he did say that, that Mike Evans will be out on Friday. So I think that does mean something as well.
1: Yeah, and he said he was injured as opposed to just getting a veteran's yeah, day off absolutely. or something like that. Now, I watched him move around in the locker room. For what it's worth, um, you know, he's just getting you know his stuff together and whatnot. He didn't look overly worried or stressed out about anything. I didn't see any raps. Right. On his on, on what would be seem to be a quad, they've had a lot of leg injuries in this in this training camp, and there's always injuries every year. But um, we talked to Jameis Winston uh, just this past week or so, and he mentioned that this is the most running he thinks that the receivers and the DBs have had to do because Bruce Arians' offense is. Vertical. I mean, yeah. they're trying to hit big plays down the field. So even if you're hitting checkdowns, somebody's got to run. You know, those those deep routes to kind of clear out the underneath stuff. And we've seen we've seen those injuries kind of crop up. I mean, it seems like they've all sort of taken their turns. One receiver that's going to come back is Scotty Miller, who looked really good in the OTAs or in uh, you know not, as one of those soccer players, as Bruce Arians would say. <laughs> but we've not seen him at all really since training camp began. How much? Of, I mean, I'm wondering how much of a chance he has to make this team. Because if you do the math, you know, obviously special teams will be the biggest thing for him to to make an impression on. Um, but it, it doesn't seem like they would keep more than five and certainly no more than six receivers. So if you go on the theory that it's, you know, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Brett uh, – I'm sorry, Brashard Perryman, and, and let's say Justin Watson, which may or may not be uh, Locke, then you're looking at guys like Bobo Wilson – and Scotty Miller. And I think Bobo Wilson is a big contributor on special teams, not just as a return guy, but as a, as a guy that makes a lot of tackles. So is Watson. So is there room for Scotty Miller on the roster? At yeah, this you point? know,
0: this is the point of the year where we're really kind of looking at the numbers game and saying, yeah. how many guys are you going to keep at this position or that position? You know, Bruce Aaron said the other day, you know, maybe that's not the way to really look at it, is that it's going to be who are the best contributors on special teams who are going to take those last few spots. So, you know, when we talk like guys like Boba Wilson and Scotty Miller, it's what they do. And, you know, we can get caught up in the return game, but it's really, I think, a big part of it is going to be, you know, what they do on coverage, you know, as well. So, you know, we talk about those two guys, you know, whether they carry four tight ends. Tanner Hudson falls into that category too, of what he does on special teams. So, you know, I think, you know, right now, you know, it's interesting because, you know, just this is kind of in the weeds a little bit, but you know, the, the the practice that we see now starting this week versus the practice that we saw during training camp, you know, we saw the whole practices. Now what we're seeing is, you know, really warm-ups, warm-ups and some special team yeah. stuff. And yeah. so, you know, we'll take a look at, at at where they're kind of playing guys on special teams and we'll still be able to see that. You know, it's interesting because you know, Scotty Miller came back yesterday and uh, you know, he was thrown right into that, that kickoff return, the punt return. All that stuff, and you know, he has a special. He, he does seem to have that, that, that speed element that you guys oh, do yeah. have, and you know, <clears throat> excuse me, it, it does look like he can be that kind of contributor. But he still does seem. It seems like he's going to have to play catch up in in practice, and he's going to have to show something in these games to kind of uh, you know either fend off Bobo Wilson or to force them to take you know a, a six receiver, which I think is going to be you know a really tough call.
1: Yeah, it will be, and. You know, the other thing about this game is that they're beat up at linebacker, particularly inside linebacker. We've already got Levante David is out. Now Devonte Bond didn't practice. Um, so as you kind of look at, you know, who they have left, I mean, you know, as far as the first teamers go, once you get past Devin White and maybe Kevin Minter who might play, you know, you're going to see a lot of Jack Sishi and, and a lot of these kind of guys are going to have to play a lot of football. Even some of their outside linebackers, like cousin cousin Daniels, is is out. So um, this is a, a thin group of guys that have to get through two more games. And I don't, you know, talking to Bruce Arians, I'll be honest with you. You know, I know how these coaches think, and in as much as you know, Bruce Arians said the other day that you know when you talk to some of the offensive players or the coaches, like you know, they would like to see them play quite a bit on Friday night. But if you're the head coach, every play. That you keep your starters out there, and if you're keeping Jameis Winston out there, that means your first-team offensive line has to stay out there. Your running backs, your wide receivers, you're playing Russian roulette because you're so close to getting them to you know September 8th against the 49ers. As soon as you pull them off the field, you know those guys are going to be healthy. Yeah. And with the injuries they have, I I tend to think we're not going to see these guys for very long on Friday night, no matter what the Cleveland Browns do.
0: Yeah, you know it's funny because you know we talk about you know the body language of players coaches everything else and you know I I feel like everyone is kind of sees the horizon here you know Mm -hmm. training camps over you're reaching that third preseason game you're starting to sense okay everything's kind of gearing towards that regular season opener so you you look at it both ways and I I think you know Bruce Arians was a little different with us this week yeah he was you know he wasn't the happy-go-lucky you know Uncle Bruce who Mm. you know gives you great quotes he didn't tell us that much about injuries. He he was kind of short with some of his answers for most of the week. Yeah. And I think he sees a little bit of there's there's two ways. You know he had, like you said he faces this big dilemma of how far do you go with the starters. You know he didn't make any promises with that. You know I'll I'll make it I'll feel it out as it goes. You know maybe it's a quarter maybe it's a half. But you know he said the offensive line t- told him the other day that they want to play a half, and he said now well, you know. Man, I I don't know about that. Right, so right. He, he he sense that he he wants to pull these guys sooner than later. And then also, you know, going back to some of the injuries is, you know, he wants he's looking at the last few games of being able to evaluate some of these guys on the bubble. You know, yeah, he man. talked about how, you know, he he he, came, he couldn't before Scotty Miller came back, he couldn't wait to get to see him see his posterior back on the field <laughs> because um, you know, you know you, you got to evaluate these guys. So um, there, there, I, I think there's a little bit of tension, you know, just getting everyone's a little bit more wound up, maybe a little bit more tighter. Oh yeah. Because they feel that, you know, six weeks when it starts, you know, you got all the time in the world, but now it's, it's kind of getting to that time where you're looking at the calendar, you know, I've got to make these choices on these guys. I've got to make sure everyone gets healthy. I've got to make sure everyone remains healthy. Before you know, all of a sudden, you know, you're, you're in the tunnel on, on September 8th and you're playing games that really matter.
1: Well, and and really, after Friday, um, it's a short week, they play next Thursday in Dallas. He's made it clear he doesn't play yeah. any starters on either side of the ball, and for that matter, probably a few important backups at this point, you know, like like say a Kevin Minter, because you don't know the status of Levante David, sure. you don't know what Vita Vea is going to do, so you might have to keep you know, some some of the another defensive tackle out, um, whether it's Nunez, Roaches or whoever. So, you know, that that means that the guys playing, maybe they're fighting for the last couple of roster spots, maybe they're not gonna be here at all. And that's right. the thing that Arian's made it clear that like, look, when we get to the final cut down, you know, that Sunday before the regular season, um, there's gonna be five or six guys that shouldn't get too comfortable that they're not they're not being cut because I think as much as anything Bruce Arians is, looking, is going to look at the waiver wire. They're, they're fifth on the waiver position, which means that if a, a, a player is cut by another team that's not a vested veteran, in other words, doesn't have four years or more and isn't subject to waivers, but for every rookie, every guy that's been in the league for at least three years, um, if, if they're placed on waivers, there are only four teams that can claim them before the Bucks. That's a really advantageous position to be in, when you can look at every team in the league, and and obviously I think they're going to be looking for offensive line help outside of those five starters, Eduardo. We haven't seen maybe Caleb Benenock, maybe, but we haven't seen very much depth that's been good good play by that offensive line.
0: Yeah, I mean, you, you look at across the line, you know, tackle, guard, especially center. Yeah, you know, and and, and you, you know. There's been a lot of talk about Earl Watford, who played under Arians in Arizona, can play all around, but still, he can only play one position so yeah. at a time. So, you know, that, uh, like you said, you know, behind Benanock and, and Watford, you're really dealing with like, a bunch of guys who don't have very much experience at all. So, right. um, you know, I I think that on both sides of the line, you know, they're going to be looking at, at at for some depth pieces on that waiver wire. And like you said, it's a very advantageous, it's the benefit of being a losing team, mm-hmm. which is what the Bucks have been. So... Um, I feel that that they're going to really take advantage of that to try to shore up some depth because on both both in the trenches on both sides of the line, I think they they, they need some help uh, as far as you know you can't feel very good right now about where your depth's at.
1: I'm assuming, and he you know he has kind of talked around this a little bit. I think he said that you know he's used to carrying three quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. I think they probably carry three at least to start, depending on what they do with some of these other players that may or may not go on the injured list. Um, But it's clear that, you know, Blaine Gabbard is the number two. We know, Winston's number one. I guess Ryan Griffin makes it, and it's probably on the strength of the fact that not only will he play a lot in probably the entire game uh, in the final preseason game, but he's produced when he's been in there. His three halves that he has finished – uh, in the preseason have all ended in scores, including last Friday night's you know game-winning 48-yard field goal by Matt Gay. I wrote about him in the Tampa Bay Times. I don't know that this guy's ever going to get the asterisk off his name, yeah. If he's ever going to go into a game. Look, if he didn't go into a game that they were losing 45-3 to last year in Chicago in the fourth quarter, and Dirk Cutter's his biggest cheerleader, I don't know that he'll ever get that off. But it's an amazing story that this guy is going to be 30 years old in November. 30. Well, it played six seasons in the NFL. No one's having a telethon for him. He's made $4 million um, by the time. So it's good work if you can get it. But, you know, 20 teams only carry about two quarterbacks anyway. So very few teams carry three anymore. Um, I I, I guess he makes the team, and I guess if there's injuries, you know, you'll be happy you kept him. But then I could also see a situation where they go, well, you know, we've got some other players that, are, or, or, you know, injuries will dictate right. perhaps that they need those roster spots. Because say, you you know, you're already carrying Vea for a couple of weeks. Well, he counts against your 53. Say Levante David's not healthy. He counts against your 53. Now you have Devante Bond. Now you have Mike Evans. Now you have a couple – if that list gets too big, you may want to come after Ryan Griffin at least for the first week where you don't have to guarantee his salary and say – we're going to risk putting you out on the waiver wire and hope that, or not the waiver wire, but releasing you and hope that um, you're not picked up and maybe we resign you again. I think he makes the team. I also don't think anything's a lock right now.
0: Yeah. It's, I think there's so many ifs right now, especially with the injuries and especially, like you said, you know, he predicted that, that Via Vea and, and, and uh, Levante David would be ready. Maybe week you know, one, maybe week one. And you know who knows at this point, because we haven't seen him back on the field. There's still plenty of time for that, but you know, given the, the, the rash of injuries that this team has dealt with already, you know, it, it's it's one that there's so many moving parts, I feel like. So yeah. I feel like if it holds up the way it does, you know, Ryan Griffin does is that third quarterback. You know, it, it's interesting because – I feel from from listening to Arians that one thing he really values is guys who, you know, feel like he's learned, they've learned the system, or they yeah. they benefited from all these drills that they've done in practice. And the thing that he he mentions when he talks about Griffin, especially recently coming off that game against the Dolphins, is how well he utilized those. You know, they they work. You know, for people who are weren't out here during camp, is you know they work on those those two minute drills. They yeah. work on the two point conversions they work on those really hard at, at the end of every practice and griffin was one of those guys who really you know you can tell from what he did in the, in the dolphins game and you know even back to the, the you know the, the the first game is you know he, he really was was good under fire you know and, and and yes these are preseason games yes this was about against you know third, third teamers and fourth, third, perhaps, third yeah. and fourth teamers maybe but at the end of the day you want to see guys there is value to seeing guys perform in those situations and ryan griffin certainly has and he's done it, you know, several times. I mean, you don't log as many passing yards in the preseason as he's done without, you know, going out there and and, and throwing the ball and, and playing well. So yeah. it's really interesting. Like you said, that, that whole asterisk of, of him having not played a, a regular season down is – it's fascinating, you know. I mean, he's Moonlight Graham. Uh, right. I mean, exactly. that's, that's really who he is. He's exactly. never going
1: to get his at-bat. He's never going to take a snap. I don't know why they just don't, like, throw him out there for a kneel down at the but, end you know, of the game. But, you know, at the same
0: time, let's, let's think about the whole fear, the biggest fear in Tampa Bay – as far as the Bucks go, is always losing the guy who might have been great, you know, because they've seen it happen before. Now, I don't know if they really fear that right now with Ryan Griffin, but at the same time, you know, who knows? You know, this guy gets an opportunity somewhere somehow, and and, and you know, who knows what happens?
1: Ends up in New England with uh,
0: a couple rings in his Bill Belichick, finger, right?
1: and yeah, becomes the successor to Tom Brady. Who knows? The guy he threw to was Tanner Hudson. Yeah. you wrote a story about Tanner mm-hmm. Hudson, who was on pretty much the. Uh, the practice squad last year. That's one of the reasons why him and, you know, why he had such a good chemistry uh, with Tanner is that they've thrown to each other a lot on the look squads, on the scout squads. He knew he was going to be against cover two. I don't get Arians because we watched Tanner Hudson make these unbelievable catches in the red zone. He's got terrific hands, but Arians is constantly, <laughs> constantly calling him out for what he doesn't do well. Right.
0: Right. Yeah. It was amazing. You know, Hudson's had two great games. He's there. Leading receiver, you know, amongst everyone by far, yeah, uh, and you know, it looks like he's really making a making the case for himself. And I think when when he was asked uh, when Aarons was asked in the in the post game about Hudson, it was like it was about a third and one that he didn't he didn't pick up his block on it. <laughs> obviously, you know, with the tight ends, you know, they're going to run some two tight end sets, so maybe that fourth tight end is offers some value. Yeah, obviously, you have, you know. OJ Howard and Cam Braid as, as really good pass options, and then Eclair as, as a primary blocking tight end. Right. So, but when we talk to Arians about Tanner Hudson, it's not about him catching the ball, uh, which he's shown that he can do very well. It's about the blocking. It's about the special teams. It's about the other stuff that he's maybe not so much sold on, or yeah. he's made it clear to us that he hasn't been sold on us, uh, you know, about Tanner Hudson. So, you know, when we talk about the numbers game, you know, it's obviously going to be about you know, Hudson doing those little things. And, and he knows it, you know what I mean? From, from listening to him after these games, you know, he knows that, you know, he's not... He, one thing you like to see from him is that he's not too high, not too low on any of it. That, you know, he knows that he's had the opportunity this camp and this preseason to show them what he can do, mm-hmm. but at the same time that he's far from shown what he needs to show in terms of, of earning a, a roster spot.
1: I'll tell you who he reminds me of, and it's the guy that's on his team, is Cameron Brait. Yeah. I mean, you know, Cam Brake was, was a horrific blocker, um, one of the weaker guys at tight end when, when he arrived here. He's, he's made himself better. He's still not going to be an O.J. Howard or even an Anthony Claire. But he's carved out an unbelievable career, especially as a red zone target. He also is not practicing. So, again, that might impact yeah, whether absolutely. Tanner Hudson is here week one because we know that Cam Brate's coming off you know hip surgery, and uh, who knows you know whether that's flared up now and if this is something that's going to last. But, um, you know,
0: Tam, he's and, and Cameron, been great. And Cameron Brate's an interesting one when we look at the way he's practiced recently. Yeah. It's not like he's on the sideline. He's out there catching passes with from yeah. From the quarterbacks, he's not running routes or anything like that. Yeah. But he's basically just standing there in the end zone catching passes. So it's not like he's completely shut down. Shut down. But but he's he, not using his but legs. He's not using his legs. He's not running routes. Yeah. He's not a full go. So yeah. You know, you've got to think there is something where either there was a setback with the hip, or that maybe they're just they're slow just playing him to a certain him degree. his legs back, to get get his legs back, and we all know that those legs, you know, might not be one hundred percent. We all we do know that. You know, they did spend a lot of time in that indoor facility mm-hmm. over the course of camp and not to anyone's liking, I don't think. Not mine. And, and you know, you know how, how that you know, turf can kind of be obviously pretty rough on, on legs and backs and yeah. hips and everything like that.
1: One guy that you saw uh, that was running and running, I guess, in, in, in full gear is Justin Evans, who we have not seen all through the off season, really since he went on IR last year with the turf toe injury. Then it became a heel injury in, in offseason workouts. Um, this guy is currently on you know the active physically unable to perform list. They can take him off at any time, but they've got a decision to make here with him fairly soon. And oh by the way, they're not really deep at safety either. I mean, now you got Mike Edwards who has not been able to play, and the rookie from Kentucky looked like he is going to be or was going to be a starter. So how I mean what did you see when you watched Justin Evans yeah. work out out there?
0: I mean, so here's what we need to know about Justin Evans is that we, until two days ago, we had seen him do nothing. Right. You know, we had seen him. Only thing he, we saw him was stand on the sideline in, in shorts and, and a jersey. And also what we need to remember is about really how much time he missed at the end of last season. You know, I mean, this this toe heel thing has been weird because, yeah. you know, he's he's been in and out of boots. Opposite I
1: mean, feet, too, right. by the way. yeah,
0: We've seen that. And so – but he missed, you know, six out of the last seven games last year, you know. So it, it's some really significant time at the end of last year. So the fact that, that yesterday he started running, today he was running with, you know, pads and a helmet on or shells and a helmet on, and, you know, that, that seems to be what, what I think we discussed and we would think would be the last steps or the last step before he gets back to practice. Now right. Hopefully, you know, this guy's missed everything, you know. So, he has. So you hope that, that – you know he's he's been good in 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 the in the safeties room you know he he knows his defense or he's he's picked up on it as as far as the mental reps from watching practice and he can go out there and and not have too much of a of a uh of adjustment period but um like you said you know it's funny because we, we we've, when we've talked to Arians you know guys can kind of really quickly go from being the favorites to going in the doghouse and you know, when we've asked about mike edwards who has really seemed to be one of his favorite <laughs> rookies coming into this camp and and hasn't played for you know several days and, and missed uh last week's game and is, is going to miss this week's game probably um he was like when we asked him about when he's going to get back on the field he was like you know hell if i know so um you know there doesn't seem to be any uh clarity as far as when mike Ed- Mike edwards is getting back on the on the field so um, you know, there's just going to be one of these situations where, you know, you need some healthy bodies and you need to know who's going to start for you in a yeah. couple of weeks against against San Francisco. And right now, that's Kentral Bryce, you know, guy who they brought in from the Packers, but wouldn't necessarily seem to be your primary, you know, the main guy who you want back there mm. uh, starting, uh, you know, on, on opening day.
1: Yeah, and as uh, with respect to Justin Evans, all we know about him is what Nick Rapone, the safety coach, says about all his safety, which is. He's very cerebral. That's that's the key word for Nick. He loves those cerebral safeties. Okay, so the Bucks play the Cleveland Browns, and you cannot listen to NFL radio, ESPN, NFL Network. There's a story every day, uh, and it's Baker Mayfield saying Daniel Jones shouldn't have been the sixth overall pick. He was stunned that his Giants took him, or it's you know Odell Beckham saying some crazy thing. But we saw the Browns last year play the Bucs. It was later in the season. I felt the Bucs, who kind of dominated the first half, left a lot of points off the board, and then got very lucky to win the game in overtime on a field goal, of all things, which is something you don't see here very often. Um, you know, played 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 them even. But they've added to that Cleveland Browns team, and there's so much noise about this football team that I'm wondering if how much of it is is hype you know, and how much, how much of it is real? When I talk to people, almost to a man, and we talk to Bruce Arians today, they say it's real. Believe sure. in the Cleveland Browns.
0: Yeah. So going back to last year, I think that was the first game I covered. Yeah. When I got here, sure was. Um, So it was it was one that obviously sticks out in your mind, and that was one I believe that it was the first game that they played after firing Mike Smith. Correct. So you had Mark Duffner, and you had a little bit of like. You know, guys going to play for him. Mm-hmm. You know, the defense kind of chipped on his shoulder, showing that what, what they could do. Um, and then you were in the midst of a really weird kicking situation with with Chandler Cannizzaro. He had missed a bunch of extra points, and he missed an extra point in that game. I believe he missed, missed a, field a field goal, to, goal win it. to win it in regulation. Yeah, win it overtime. And overtime. hit a 57, I think, yarder That's correct. to make it. So, But when you go back and look at that game – you could see the fingerprints of the, the Krill even Browns were about to be a really good team, you know? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think I, in a lot of ways, I thought the way that Baker Mayfield played in the second half of that game, when they really could have just shut it down and he kind of was the way he played in the second half was kind of, and even into overtime, was kind of a little bit of kind of his coming out game. It you know? sort of
1: ignited them. Yeah, they had yeah. a really good second half and fell just short of the playoffs. Right. They ended up seven, seven, eight, and one. But that that kind of got them going. Yeah, a little Yeah, it bit. did.
0: So you know, and obviously, you know, it, it seems like you know what what makes headlines in a lot of ways. Let's face it, Rick. You know, it's it's when when you got guys who who are exciting to cover and exciting exciting that they say exciting things. You sure, know? personalities. I mean, right, and, and yeah. so. You know, the Browns seem to fit that, and I feel like that might be a little bit why they've got a lot of hype recently. But there's no doubt. This is a good team. I think the defense, you know, it's it's on the verge of being a really good one. they got studs on the, yeah. the defensive you know, line. It was one that, that's been rebuilt kind of yeah. uh, in a lot of ways through the draft. Um, and obviously, you know, offensively, it kind of, you know, comes through, everything comes through the quarterback, and, and he's going to be a guy who, you know, you know, he, in a lot of ways, he, he kind of maybe reminds me a little bit of a young Jameis Winston. In a lot of ways, and maybe not a lot of the the hurrah, hurrah. But you know, we did see some of that from Jameis early on. Oh yeah. But but this guy's going to be a guy who's going to, you know, he's not going to hold back with anything, and, and, and that's going to be on the field and off of it.
1: He's extremely confident to the to the point of being cocky. He's in he's in everybody's face. And I, I talked to Rondy Barber, who did several of their games last year, including the Bucks game about the browns and he said no man believe the hype Arian said believe the hype he called several games for cbs and they all point to baker mayfield now the roster is full of talent if you go down the line and ronnie says i used to you know make my my charts about who i wanted to talk to he said i came up there were 19 guys out of 22 that, like yeah no no this guy this guy that they were all had good resumes and, and were good young exciting players in some cases but he said none better than baker mayfield because if you go back and follow his history from high school, um, you know transferred several times in college, goes to Oklahoma. Nobody, everyone counted this guy out, and he just keeps defying the odds. He's not the biggest guy. He's got a good arm, but he's a battler. He's a competitor, and he says that that team feeds off of his energy. Here's the scary thing: if you're a Bucks fan, for years and years now, the longest drought in the NFL of not making the playoffs belonged to the Cleveland Browns. Who's next? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who are you know have now gone 11 seasons without a playoff appearance. If the Browns make the postseason, as many people are expecting them to do, if not win the division, and they still got to get ahead of Cleveland or ahead of Cincinnati and, and the Ravens and Pittsburgh. That's a really tough division. Yeah. Um, if they do that and the Bucks don't make it, guess what? You're the L.A. Clippers again. You're the team in the NFL who just simply cannot – make the playoffs despite a system that is totally in your favor to turn it around and turn it around quickly in the NFL. So in some weird ways, this is a good measuring stick. It might be a snapshot. Obviously, the Bucks don't have Mike Evans. That's not how you want to go into a game. But for the time that those two teams are playing each other, I know the Browns want to come out and look really good. Yes. And they lost this game here last year. Not, not that they're in the division or anything. But that will stick with them. And I, I think this will be a really interesting – quarter quarter and a half well however long they play because they have said look we're going to try to put on a show whether it's preseason or not and I think that's what you're going to see on on Friday night all right so that's uh, it for this week uh, at one buck place we hope you guys uh, enjoyed the preview of the Bucks Cleveland Browns game uh, as always we're uh, here Monday through Friday you can always interact with us on Twitter at Sports Day TV my Twitter address is NFL at NFL Stroud, or you can email me at rstroud at tampabay.com. Thanks, buddy. Cop, appreciate it. Anytime. So, Bucks browns tonight, third preseason game. That is at 730 at Raymond James Stadium, and then it's almost over next Thursday. They wrap up the preseason, if you can believe that, in Dallas against the Cowboys. So, we'll uh, break down, of course, the Bucks browns and all of – uh, that happens in that game uh, on Monday on the podcast. And then we're going to also have Florida at Miami and Orlando on Saturday. So you've got college football this weekend. The w- Rays continue their series in Baltimore against the Orioles over the weekend. So lots to talk about. Busy weekend in sports. Football is here. It's uh, almost NFL time as well. So please join us here on Sports Day Tampa Bay each and every week, day, Monday through Friday. We look forward to seeing you then. For Steve Burstick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great weekend, everybody. Hold up.